Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Forging the Path. This is a podcast that's all about helping men become the men that God created them to be. We do that by fixing our eyes on Jesus, by sticking our noses in the scriptures, and by fighting things like passivity, distraction, and uh, and all the other things that this culture, the lies that this culture tries to feed us. And today I'm especially stoked because I'm with my friend Ray Kozlowski. Mm-hmm. And Ray has raised, raised topics today when I gave him some of the questions ahead of time. We're going to focus on leadership, entrepreneurship, and evangelism. Ray is an amazing husband, a father of four kids. He also is a business owner. He has some acumen there. And the guy is just bold. He's got a sweet testimony, and he knows how to stand up in front of a crowd, whether that's one person or hundreds of people, and speak boldly the truth truths of who God is. So Ray, thank you so much for being here, my friend. Yeah, you bet, man. Thanks for uh thanks for having me. This, this is a uh, this podcast is great, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for real. It's an honor. And I think today I just want to give our audience a really good understanding of some of uh, what you've lived through and where you're coming from. Would you just share some of your story with us this yeah. morning? Yeah, absolutely. Um <clears throat> so uh, like I was saying before we we got in here, that um, I just gonna I'm just gonna jump right in to uh, kind of like the middle of the testimony, not going so far back to birth, um, but uh, kind of getting right into the to the action. Um, so uh, I'm gonna start with a story, and it all leads somewhere. So I just ask for for some patience. And whoa, where is he going with this? Um, so I was uh, I was at a uh, I guess you could call it a party, um, but uh, you know, for us it was just like a, a Tuesday night. You know, How like, old were you? I was so I was at this time I was like seventeen years old. Seventeen years old yeah, at, a yeah, at a party. Seventeen at a party. All right. Yeah. Um, you know, I was a high school dropout. You know, the uh, just a real, real troubled kid. You know, and um, so uh, you'll obviously see that in some of the some of the testimony, but. Um, so I'm at this little, little, what you would call it party or, or whatever. And, um, and, uh, I had a girl there that, 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 you know, that what we did there was, you know, I mean, we, we sold, people would come and go. We didn't, we didn't really, uh, you know, some of them we knew, some of them we didn't knew, no, they were just kind of come and go. Um, and we would, you know, they'd get into the circle of, of smoking weed or whatever it was. And, sometimes hang out for the night and sometimes we knew him sometimes we didn't and uh there was a girl there and she she came up to me and was like hey this this dude that's here he's you know we're i'm not he, he's into me and i'm not really digging him and uh so um can you handle it if he tries anything right and i'm like yeah yeah you bet and she goes to bed right she lived there um so we're we're hanging out and you know i don't know what we were doing watching a movie something i don't know and uh uh, the movie's done, whatever, the, the, the night has ended. And it's like, all right, y'all, and time to go, you know? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I know you all ain't gonna crash here, so it's time to go. And uh, so, anyway, um, I couldn't find this dude that she was talking about. So I walk over, you know, to the bedroom where she's at, and I open the door, and there he was kind of like just laying in the bed with her. And I'm like, well, this ain't, yeah, this ain't, this ain't gonna happen, right? So... Um, so I go over to the bed and I'm like, um, I'm like, hey, you know, dude, you got to go. You got to go. You can't stay here. And he was uh, pretending to be like knocked out or sleeping or whatever the case. Um, the story's going uh, going somewhere. I just want to let you guys know that. So um, so anyway, so I go into the kitchen, uh, grab a, a butcher knife and uh, I come over into the bedroom and I put it to his throat. And I told him that you got three seconds to get up before I slit your throat and uh, started counting one, two, and dude pops up. I knew he wasn't sleeping, um, so uh, got the whole you know his 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 little clique that he was with on edge. I'm just standing there with a butcher knife and you know ushering him out the door. He grabs his stuff and just get out, you know, just get out. Wow. They go. Uh, he leaves his wallet. Um, and in, in that in that wallet, he had a credit card. Um, next day, me and my guy go out, right? And uh, he uh, we went shopping, got some gas, did some stuff, 
bought some things and bought a couple CDs with his credit with card. his credit card yeah. right um, so uh, I bought an eight ball and MJG CD I don't know some of y'all you know dug that <laughs> stuff but and my guy bought a, a new artist that came out his name was DMX mm-hmm. uh, he bought a DMX CD uh, CD was called it's dark and, and hell is hot um, so anyway that's that's what we did that's just that's that's what we did so we uh, I don't know, a couple of days later, whatever, at a, another little thing, party, whatever you want to call it, just a typical night. And uh, I'm, I'm high. I'm just, you know, doing my thing. And um, my guy, who's very close to me, very close. I mean, he's a dear, these people, a lot of the people I talk about in the story, I have a deep love for. Um, there was a, a, a very strong bond. Uh, we never talked about God. Never talked about God. Mm. So... Basically, um, in this time, uh, we're listening to some music, right? He's got that DMX going. Um, and my guy starts freaking out over by the speaker. I mean, just like, hey, right, come here, man, come here. I'm like, why? What's up? You know, and he's like, come here. You know, he's really insistent, really insistent. Like, you got to come. He has ears to the speaker. He's like, you got to listen to this. Never did that before. I'm like, well, this is new. You know, like, you want me to put my ear to the speaker to, to listen to it? And it was DMX, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a song that DMX um, sang where he was talking to God, and uh, and I put my ear to the speaker. He's like, "Listen," and I'm like, "Man, I'm listening." And he's good, you know. DMX is good. Like, yeah, I like this dude. Like, he's a good rapper. <clears throat> he's like, "No, listen to what he's saying." Like, and I, I to this day, uh, I'm still, you know, why are you so bent on me listening to what I need to listen to? Like, I mean, he rewound, you know, he, he did, you know, uh, on the CD, he brought it back. He's like, listen to what he's saying. Like, listen to it. Like, he just wasn't satisfied mm-hmm. with me just hearing. And, uh, and there was a transformation on that day. There was a shift mm. that took place on that day. And there was a line that DMX said that it was, uh, it was my child. I've watched you grow up, and I've been there. Even in those times you least expected it, I was there. And look at what I've given you, the talent to rhyme. I may not come when you call, but I'm always on time. And that stuck. Wow. That just stuck. A shift, the whole rest of the night was, what is going on in my brain? Wow. What is going on in my heart? What is happening here? And uh, so I know that was the Holy Spirit in that moment um, because of just, I just can't explain the feel. Uh, there's no, and, and that was it. And then and then my guy who brought me over to the speaker just gets up and he just continues on with the events of the night and like just leaves me there in this what just happened, you know, <laughs> type state. You know, and it wasn't like I had any brothers around me that was like, like, hey, let me help you process what just happened. I mean, I was in the darkest. I mean, I was seeing people's, you know, sniff lines. That, you know, it was just like, what, what, what now? You know, like, what do I do with this? Wow. So, um, you you didn't even have words to explain, no. like, hey, I've I've just been seized by the Holy Spirit. No, <laughs> like you, you wouldn't even know how to articulate nope. that in that moment. I think I just probably, I think I sat back down, probably, you know, smoked a little bit more weed. I, I don't, you know, I can't really yeah. know what. What happened except for a shift took place. Um, but here's, here's, the, here's the thing. There's like a couple months later, right? Um, and, and I hope that there's some encouragement in what I'm about to, in the story here, um, especially for one particular listener I know. But uh, how is it that I'm like now a couple months later in the standing in the middle of a, the same place um, full of people, phone cords ripped out of the the wall and I got the gun out cocked to uh, somebody's head with one of my guys yelling for me to to shoot him shoot him like and, and he really he really wanted me to shoot him and he was why aren't you shooting this dude and uh, and I remember as I had that gun cocked to his head just hearing all right son what are you gonna do what this, are you going to do this now? This was a few months later. Later. From the DMX song. To now. Yep, to that point. So you, you hadn't really Mm-mm. chosen like to follow Jesus. You hadn't surrendered. No. You know what I mean? Even no. though the Holy Spirit was definitely Evident, yeah. convicting you. Right. And all over. Like trying to, 
Yeah, okay. Yeah. So a few months later, you're in this place. You got a gun to a guy's head, cocked. Mm-hmm. And and what what do you? How does the Lord speak to you in that moment? He says, "All right, son, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You got yourself in a pickle. Mm. What I mean, are you going to shoot him? Is that is that? And as as I'm processing that, I hear literally and, and audibly my guy in my ear shoot him what, you know what are you waiting for shoot him uh so in that moment um just confused dazed everything's moving in slow motion um at some point one of my guys actually tried to take the gun out of my hand um he said that he was gonna just pistol whoop him um but i you know i pulled it back like uh-uh like this is mine this is my event um but then a girl screamed uh, the same girl that I went, you know, to get that dude out of the bed, she screamed like, like, uh, and broke me, broke me out of a trance. It broke me. And I was just like, Oh, you know, we got to go guys. We got to go. Let's go. Wow. So we left, put out their windows, uh, and took off. Um, but what, what I want to say is this, uh, especially to, um, one listener who's very, very close to my heart is that, um, it was very evident to me that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me during that little DMX session. Um, but a couple months later, you would have never have known it. Um, so what I want to say is that, like, <laughs> I know that the Holy Spirit um, spoke to your daughter. And I know that those walls are coming down, like that, um, in his time. And what I want to encourage you is, as parents, is don't give up. I was 17 years old. Don't give up. I had I had a, a mother that just never gave up on me. Um, you know, you you want to see that fruit. You know, the Holy Spirit says something to your child, like, hey, you know, these walls are coming down. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks that He's going to do it. That's your words to me. And uh, what I want to encourage you all on is that is that um, just keep fighting, you know, for your, for your children. Um, even in the darkest times, the Holy Spirit, uh, is, is, is so powerful. So, um, you know, obviously there's more to the testimony. Um, but at that, at that point, you would have never have known there was any fruit from that point where that shift took place in me, that, that seed truly being planted when I was listening to DMX to the point where I have a gun to somebody's head, you would have never have thought there was any seed. Yeah. You know, you couldn't have. You yeah. couldn't have. So uh, just be encouraged that uh, that the Holy Spirit will will water, will grow, will nourish. He, he ain't going to give up, so you don't give up as parents. So uh, so that's, that's, that's kind of like my little throw that out there to the, to the parents of anybody who's dealing with uh, teenagers that are like, a little bit off the rails, you know what I'm saying? Like, like mm-hmm. there's just, I don't see any hope here. Or, um, I, I don't see the walls being broke down. I just don't see it. Like, uh, it's his time yeah. in his time, you know, it, he, he's working, he's working. Um, mm. so, I, so to continue on to kind of get to a point where I can actually talk about how I met my wife. So, uh, cops everywhere, right? Raiding my parents' house, raiding my sister's house, raiding my friend's house. Um, you know, somebody called the cops that was at that party. Um, and, uh, I had nowhere to go, you know, I'm like, now what am I going to do now? Right. Yeah. Um, I'm on probation at that point, um, for a sting operation I got busted with, uh, earlier, right. I got a five year, uh, prison sentence. I served five months of it. The rest of it was stayed. It called a stayed sentence that if I got in any more trouble, I'd have to serve out the remainder of that five years. I knew I'm, I'm done, you know? So I turned myself in in hopes that, one, they wouldn't find the gun. Uh, my friends were, you know, taking care of that. Um, and second, hoping maybe I can talk myself out of it, you know, like just get out of this situation. Um, well, I didn't. They, they, you know, they took me down to county and I, I served uh, then they, to Racine Correctional Institute. And as I was there, um, the only light that I had is my mom just continuously sending me letters with scripture and love and a little perfume on the, on the letters so I could smell her perfume. But it was, uh, um, she just never gave up. She would send me these scriptures, you know, soften in my heart. But at the same time as I'm sitting in that cell, it's like, I can't get too soft. But every time I read those letters, those scriptures meant something. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really having its full impact at that point, but, uh, 
So finally I meet with my probation officer and this is the moment, right? So I'm sitting in RCI for like a month not knowing what's going on. So I meet with my probation officer and uh, I'm like, I'm ready for it. You know, whatever she says, like I'm revoking you. You're going to be serving your, you know, five years or whatever it was, four and a half, four and a half years. And she says, hey, um, here's the deal. You messed up. Um, you know you should be serving some prison time. And if it wasn't for your mom, you'd be serving time in prison. If it wasn't for your mom, she's like, your mom loves you. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you an alternative to revocation, and you're going to go to this boot camp. It's a 90-day boot camp, wow. intense program. Um, you get through that 90 days, you're out. You don't, you serve your sentence. And uh, bet, you know, absolutely. Um, so uh, <laughs> off to boot camp I uh, went. So, yeah. um, and, and in that boot camp, um, it's probably like a couple more minutes of this, uh, but in that boot camp, so it's intense. It's everything you think a boot camp would be, sergeants in your face, the whole nine yards. I mean, it was really, really intense. Um, and I loved it, actually. But... Uh, so as I'm there, man, one of your lists, one of your, uh, the, the guy you had on, what was his name? The guy, the last guy you had on in your pocket was, uh, you, talk, you talking about Matt, Matt, Matt is that War, it? the yeah. power of a transformed life. Right. Matt him, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he brought up uh, a scripture in revelation 19, I think it yeah. was. What's Shout that? out to Matt. Yeah. What's up, Matt? <laughs> Thanks, so, man. Yeah. That, that scripture he brought up from revelation, Jesus returning on the white horse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, one. And that one. And he's talking about like the hair, white as snow, the eyes, a blaze of fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm in this boot camp, right? And, and the Lord is on my mind. I mean, the Lord is on my mind, right? The seeds that DMX and the seeds that my mom was planting with those, those scriptures. And, um, and so the Lord is definitely on my mind. And one of the sergeants, you know, walks past my, uh, you know, we're, there's a bunch of us there. And he walks past my rack. And out of all the people there, he threw a Bible on my rack. Hmm. Uh, nobody else's, just my rack. And uh, I opened up the, the, the scriptures, and the first place I, I went was Revelation 19. And, no way. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I, saw, um, I saw God, you know, in the, in the word, through the word. Um, and at the first, this is the first time, and I know this is going to sound bad, um, I respected God. Where all this respect I was trying to get trying to whatever it was I was I was like this is the first time outwardly I was like I respect God in a fearful yeah. in a fearful type of way yeah and uh from that point started my walk with God 19 years old in boot camp in that place <laughs> in that time where it was like all right I'm gonna walk with you I'm gonna walk with you God wow. um so that's how I came to Faith in Christ, it's, uh, uh, I like to put it more like how I came to walk with God. Yeah. That was my, that's the start of the walk right there. Oh man, Ray, that's incredible. Okay, my, my biggest takeaway, well, I have a couple, but don't, don't give up mm -hmm. on fill in the blank. Don't give up. We've all got people in our lives. Oftentimes they are wayward teenagers, but man, that is a huge takeaway for any of our listeners out there feeling it mm -hmm. discouraged about someone you love in your life. Like, man, I just wish they would get it. I wish they would come to Jesus. The, don't give up. And then the second thing I got from you, the power of a praying mama. Yeah. Holy smokes, yeah, that's dude. For real. Yeah. yeah. The, the way your mom behind the scenes was just continually covering you, also not giving up on you. I can't imagine I, I want spiritual eyes to see like what was she moving and shaking with those prayers mm -hmm. how was God using her intercession in your life mm -hmm. to finally bring you back home mm-hmm oh yeah, we talk that about is a that. wild story, man. Go yeah. ahead. You, you talk about that. Yeah, we, me and my sisters, we talk about. I mean, because my sister uh, Tony, she was pregnant at 16, and my sister Dory, um, you know, she fought bulimia and anorexia to the point where she was in a hospital. We used to get calls that, hey, like she's tonight's the night. Like, come, come visit her. She's 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 going. Like it was that bad. Like 60 pounds at you know 18 years old. Um, but we talk. We're all we're all in the faith, and we talk all the time about like I really believe that God honored mom's prayers yeah I think that she was a powerful 
woman of God, and she had to be in such a hopeless time. Her kids are, she loved Jesus. Um, and uh, we just, we really strongly believe that he honored her. Yeah. And, uh, and here we are. Here I am, you know, talking For sure. uh, about it with you on a, on a podcast uh, to, to listeners. It's like, um, it's unbelievable to me to, to talk to my sister Tony, to talk to, I baptized my, my oldest sister Dory. Yeah. You know, and That's it's awesome. just, you know, the power of a praying parent. Yeah. You know, the power of a praying parent is um, something that I think can't be underestimated. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. So how'd you meet your wife? <laughs> All right. So uh, so I get out of boot camp, right? In boot camp, I just, God just put on my heart, like, hey, you're going to meet this, you're going to meet someone, you're going to meet someone, this, this <laughs> girl. Yeah, I mean, like, in it, I'm not going to say it was like this, auto, but like, there was just this strong, uh, like, you're going to meet a girl when you get out, right? Yeah. Like, that, just a, a, a compelling feeling, I guess you could say. And uh, so as I was... Um, when I got out, one of my guys, uh, who I love as well, uh, he was digging this girl, and he's like, I want you to meet her. I've known her. We've seen her before. She's a real cute, real pretty girl. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, let's go. Let's go. I'm like, I'm, I'm out. I'm about to hit up this party yeah. when I'm out. Um, you know, obviously all, like, I'm going to go and, and enjoy the, you know, hey, Ray's out. What's up, Ray? What's up, Ray? But I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to do drugs. Like, none of that. Um, you know, that's just the stupid 19 year old, you know, trying to, uh, you know, enjoy the praises of, of getting out of jail and everybody, um, everybody kind of, you know, uh, uh, fawning over you. But, but he took me to the, to this house where there was just, you know, uh, Stephanie and her friend and some dude who just laughed at all my jokes. And that was really cool. I was like, that's, that's nice. She laughed at my jokes too. I'm a funny guy. But uh, <laughs> so she, you know, I don't know if she was digging me in that moment, but she was laughing at some stuff. But the, as soon as I saw her, you know, just sitting there and I was, this is it. Like, I, I could just feel the Lord like, there she is, son. Uh, you know, that's yeah. that's the one. And uh, so I met her on that day. And then uh, uh, but my guy was digging her, you know, and I was kind of in a little pickle there. And like, but she wasn't into him. Um, I left that, left there, went to this party, whatever. And, uh, you know, he called me, Hey, I'm going to come pick you up. And, you know, I'm going to have Stephanie with me. And, um, and so he picked me up. Um, it was me, him, and I think probably just Stephanie in the, in the back seat. Stephanie was in the back and, uh, he went into the store somewhere and I just turned around and I'm like, Hey, you know, like, uh, I, I'm on house arrest here. And, uh, so I got to be in by like eight 30. Um, but I'd really love for you and, you know, come, if you got, if you and a friend want to come watch a movie at my house or something like that, like, and of course she was like, uh, yes. Uh, and that's a lie. Um, <laughs> I was like, no uh, way. She, she was that, she was that, uh, you know, that TLC, I don't want no scrubs. Uh, like that's her thing. Uh, like she yeah. like probably thinking like, I don't know about you. Scrub. Well, I think, I think your pickup line needs a little work. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm on house arrest, but you want to hang out? Well, it works. Hey, guess what? <laughs> she was watching a movie at my house with, you know, so something, something Fair worked. Enough. Um, so she came over, uh, with, with, dude who was digging her and, yeah. um, and a friend and we, uh, were flirting all night. And then, uh, eventually we got to a point where both of us knew, like, we just both knew like we, something's going on between us. Like, um, so I had to, you know, go ahead and tell my friend that like, look, man, like, you know, this is going to happen. Like, I really, I really like her and she mm -hmm. really likes me and, and he blessed it. Um, but then we had the challenges of, uh, having to meet her dad while I'm on house arrest. You know, I got this ankle bracelet on and, uh -huh. and meeting uh -huh. her mom. I got this ankle bracelet. Who's this dude that just got out of jail. And, um, so we had to go through some of those challenges, but, um, but that's how I met Stephanie. And, uh, how many years you guys been married now? 21 years, 21 years, 21 years. I love that. Love that woman to, I thank God, um, every day for, for, uh, for setting that up. Yeah. Bringing us together, you know, like he promised in his word. And uh, uh, yeah, she's she's my best friend for sure. Hey, praise God. Hey, yeah. So, OK, so 
you, Stephanie, 21 years, uh, four amazing kids. You're a, you're a business owner, entrepreneur, leader. I want to ask you, Ray, like, what does healthy Christian leadership look like? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I take the, um, playbook from, from Jesus, uh, how he, uh, how he managed uh, and led the disciples. Obviously, we all need to take that playbook from from Jesus and and sanctification. Uh, you know the inner works of what he does inside of us. But if you look at how he um, how he loved his his disciples, his his friends, um, you know, while he was physically here on earth, and he served them, he made himself vulnerable. Uh, to them, um, and including Judas, he did this. You mm. know, it's it was you know he knew uh, deceit was coming, and yet he still, you know, washed Judas's feet and um, gave him all the opportunities, served and loved him. Um, he'd conversate with his father, you know, right in front of them. Uh, he prayed for them. Um, so, I mean, as far as healthy Christian leadership. You know, that's the same for me, um, you know, making an unapologetic and bold um, declaration and acknowledgement to God in front of um, all who I encounter, whether it's work, fun, church or whatever, um, being unashamed to talk to my Savior, um, his spirit and, and our father whenever and wherever uh, and in front of whomever. Uh it's, this is not um, about uh, beating anybody up with the gospel, but um, just being uh, being willing to speak to your Father, speak to to the Spirit of Jesus Christ, speak to speak to our Savior whenever and wherever and in front of whomever. Um, I think that that's the start of a good good Christian leader is is not segmenting and putting putting Christ um, in in a box over at church and mm. and leaving them in that box and reserved for Sunday morning reserved for Sunday mornings <laughs> it's look uh, if I if I feel the need to pray um, I don't care who's in front of me I'm gonna pray you know and uh, I'm gonna acknowledge my father whether you believe or not I'm not asking you to to trans be to come over to my side right um, I'm just saying I'm I'm gonna speak to my father right now and, yeah you know so um, that that's a tough leadership, uh, but that's what I that's what I model um, in my business. Everybody who knows me knows I'm going to the Father on this one, and uh, and I think that's 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 healthy. You yeah. know, as you asked about healthy um, Christian leadership, I think that's that's the healthiest you can can be. You yeah. know, as a leader, I totally agree. Yeah, I, and I love what you said about you take the playbook from Jesus, and it looks like washing feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a little different than, you know, what what some of the world might tell you is is healthy leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that. And and so you're loving and serving others with this tremendous amount of boldness, which I love about you because that that's contagious by the way. Like your your boldness, your courage, your willingness to be very authentic uh, and, and sh- share your faith that inspires other people around you. And and that's why I love one of the reasons I love hanging out with you, but I see it in action with not just, you know, not just your company and your business, but with your family, with the guys in our church and uh, things like that. Anybody you rub shoulders with. So what, what do you think knowing what healthy Christian leadership looks like or could look like, what are some of the main ways that the enemy is attacking Christian leaders specifically in the business world and in the marketplace right now as the, the enemy hates that what you just said so how is he how is he coming at christian leaders right now from your perspective what are you seeing um i think that uh uh the hardest the biggest battle is um is the fight against what the world says uh a leader should be, you know, that um, grit and determination and ambition is uh, are the key ingredients um, to uh, uh, that um, bottom dollar, you know, um, mm. 
when times get tough. I mean, it's easy to say the things that I, that I, that I say here, but um, it really comes to a, a critical point when, the, when times get tough, right? Um, when, when money might be down or you're, you're in that controversial moment, um, things are, are, are feeling like they're falling apart. And here you are having to stand with a cool, calm, level head and faith, um, faith. I think the biggest thing that the enemy is attacking really is your faith that, that the Lord's not going to get you through this one. Um, and so then you want to resort back to some earthly, uh, strong armed tactics, um, yeah. frustration and anger leading the way or irritation or panic, um, setting course, you know, um, and, you know, I think then things like, I mean, things that we, we promote, our guys have to actually sign when they start working at our company is uh, we have what's called um, virtue ethics, you know, mm. that it's S2F's, um, the name of the company is called S2F, but S2F virtue ethics. And um, some of the topics that we, that we hit on and address uh, are things like honesty and integrity, gentle approach, right? Gentle approach. That's a, that's a strange one to have in there. Hmm. Grace, courtesy, communication, respect, knowing your lane and depending on one another. Um, these are, and each one of these gets defined. It's a five page virtue ethic. Each one of these gets defined as, um, uh, as uh, a little bit more detail into what we, what we expect. And, um, from all of our all of our people from from the office down into the field, um, that uh, in each one of these, obviously, we actually just ran into a situation like this where gentle approach was was under attack from one of our site leads who um, who uh, approached another uh, another employee um, with a very aggressive style of uh, he thought he was being lazy mm. and. Um, as I sifted through the details of what happened, um, right, because one of the guys ended up blowing up, losing his temper, um, I talked to our leadership that was on the site, and I just simply, do you think that was the gentle approach that, that we at S2F are trying to go after? Um, do you believe that there was another way that you could have um, that you could have handled that that wasn't so uh, accusatory and aggressive? And with a really awesome conversation with our leadership, somebody whom I trust, yeah. um, he was like, uh, Ray, I messed up. Uh, and wow. I just asked him, I said, what do you think if you would give him a call? Um, you're not justifying his reaction to you. He blew up. He knows he did wrong, but maybe you could call him and just apologize and say, hey, you know, I could have I could have handled that differently. Yeah. Because uh, so going back to what's under attack, I think gentle approach in construction, gentle approach in construction um, is absolutely under attack because I think the stereotype there is you have to be uh, aggressive and and you have to be confrontational and you, you know, you have to, um, you know, put on that macho, you know, uh, push through, get it together, you know, type um but uh, a gentle approach is absolutely needed, probably especially in the construction world. So from my business, um, some of the things under attack, like gentle approach and grace, mm. you know, just some grace. You don't know what just happened. In fact, this, this guy I'm talking about, uh, the one who ended up losing his cool, his, his, his father-in-law just had open heart surgery. Um, he was kind of in a little bit of a funk, you know, and maybe if yeah. you went at it a little bit uh uh, with some grace and some gentleness, you know, y- y'all might have actually talked about that uh, and, and helped them walk through that. Like, but you, you stepped on a nerve when you came at them. Um, so I think that those things are under attack, gentleness and, and grace in the business. It just doesn't even make sense. Gentleness and construction just doesn't even make sense. <laughs> so we are working very hard to yeah. define, no, no, it makes sense. And, and not only does it make sense, it's, it's necessary. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, those are kind of some things that we believe are under attack for sure. Unreal. Okay. So I get it though. Cause, cause grace and mercy and forgiveness are, 
the most powerful forces in the universe. You could argue, if you know the gospel, if Mm -hmm. you know what Christ accomplished on that cross and how everything was changed on that Good Friday, Mm -hmm. you could make the argument that, therefore, we understand as Jesus followers, grace and mercy and forgiveness are some of the most powerful things in the universe. They defeated the enemy. They forgave us of our sins. They gave new life. They wiped the debt clean. Like that, that makes sense there Mm -hmm. on Good Friday, but we're so tempted in our day-to-day leadership approach to forget that or maybe give it lip service. Mm -hmm. We minimize it because we got to get things done, right? Mm -hmm. And so we revert to a a fleshly, worldly way of getting things done. That's a beautiful story, Ray. Mm. And and I like the gentle approach. Well, gentleness is one of the fruits of the Spirit. (laughs) So gentleness should be something that people use to describe your leadership style, at least on occasion, Mm -hmm. because it's a fruit of the Spirit. And if it's not something people know about you, you're probably not bearing much of that fruit and you 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 maybe need to talk with jesus about that (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's kind of like like and i know this is a a weird analogy here but like why why would i not give this uh this homeless person some cash right you need well because he's just gonna buy you know beer and drugs with it right Mm. um you know and and it's the same thing here why why would i be gentle uh, and, and show grace in this in this scenario. They're just going to take advantage of it. They're going to see it as weakness, right? So yeah. why offer gentleness when they're just going to take advantage of it? Why give Why give a homeless person money when they're just going to buy buy beer with it? But here's the deal: um, and that's we're trusting in God. Like they could, they could. I mean, we did end up going through a lawsuit where somebody did end up suing um, our company because they, you know, they, they said that we only hire Christian men and there was a lot of accusations, um, that were false in that, um, because of, you know, there's some, some stances that we take and, um, and, uh, and we went through that. And at the end of the day, um, we did end up settling cause it was just financially, you know, we, we didn't want to go through that. Um, but the, the team was really frustrated. The team was really upset. Like, who, who does he think he is? And I was, we pray for him. You know, I pray that mm. the Lord would, I don't wow. care, you know, if he, he needs them, Lord, use that money that he has, regardless of how he got it, that he would, that he would be blessed by it. And nobody speaks a bad word about, about this man. Um, like people will take advantage of it. They will. I mean, yeah. that's just the, that's just the truth of it, but that doesn't, that doesn't uh, avoid the fact that we are called to it. So it's we just have to trust that that we we operate in it, and that God God blesses it. Yeah. And even though there will be some that take advantage, we saw it with the Apostle Paul. We saw it. Yeah. You know what did what did he say when people were taking advantage of it? They were trying to preach Jesus's name just to get him in trouble. What did he say? You know, praise God, Jesus is being preached. Yeah. You know, so at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, yeah, grace and gentleness. It's it's gonna it's gonna look like people are gonna be taking advantage of it, but um, do it anyway. You know, do it anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's gonna. I think that's gonna happen more and more, specifically in our country. Mm-hmm. Christian leadership, bold, servant-hearted Christian leadership, will come under attack. Mm-hmm. You may be persecuted for it. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're saying, do it anyway. Yeah, do it anyway. <laughs> Wash feet anyway. Right. Pray anyway. That's the call. Hold on to those values of grace, gentle approach, integrity, honesty, courtesy. Hold on to those things anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sounds like Jesus saying, hey, in this world you will have trouble, but mm-hmm. take heart. I've overcome the world. Mm-hmm. And so I admire you and thank you for being the kind of leader who knows, yeah, this this might lead to some trouble. Mm-hmm. L- leading this way, serving this way, but we're going to do it anyway because Jesus is worth it yeah. and because I belong to him, not right. the world. Right. Yeah. And I think to myself all the time where I'm like, look, you came down in, into the darkness. And when I say darkness, I'm, I'm looking at myself from the vantage point of when I had my ear to that speaker and I was seeing what I was seeing yeah. in the dark darkest places and yet there he was you you were unashamed when you came into that place and so uh how could i not 
you know, how could I not? Um, so that's kind of the drive behind, like, it's, it's a loyalty thing. Like, like I, I have, I have no other choice. You stepped in front of a bullet for me. I'm, I'm not going to just turn my back on that, you know, like, um, so yeah, it's, there's a, there's a strong loyalty that, that ties to, to this as well. That's awesome, man. So given what you said about your company and especially as you shared your story, I'm going to skip ahead to the, this question. Uh, what it sounds like you've got a lot of opportunities and this is just on your radar. You're very intentional about this. What are some ways that you could share with our audience? What are some ways that you could, that you effectively share your faith with others? Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, there is definitely, um, one, it, it, it truly starts, uh, it's easier, let's just put it that way. It's easier when you actually love the person that you're, that you're, uh, um, talking with. Uh, so my prayer is always, Lord, help me to love more, help me to love more, prune away anything. I, I need to love these people. Um, because without love, uh, it's just, I'm just going to be a resounding gong anyway. Uh, I might be fulfilling some obligation of like declaring something, but I need love. I need love. And so I've always praying, Lord, help me to love this person that you've maybe put in my path or, um, and then he does, I mean, he honors it, you know, um, in time, like there's a true relationship that, that starts there. And uh, I'm thinking specifically for my, for, uh, my, my coworkers, uh, um, Matt and Josh, some of you, you've met, um, and, and others as well. But, um, and, and then it becomes less about, I'm obligated to fulfill a duty in like speaking certain words to you about the cross, but more about, you know, what's going on with your dad, you know, Hey, do you mind? Like, you know me, let me, do you, do you mind if I say a prayer over, over this, this situation with, with, with your father? Um, like mm. prayer cannot, I mean that like the power of, of prayer, first off, believing that you are actually going into the throne of God. Yeah. And not only are you going to the throne of God, but now as you're praying for them, you're, you're, you're not going alone you're bringing him with you. You're bringing her with you, whoever it is that you're. So praying for someone yeah. with someone being bold enough to do that is it's evangelism. It really is. I mean, you're, you're bringing them into the presence of God with you. And, uh, so it's, it's always been how I've, it's always, I can't think of anybody who's come to the Lord, um, from anything that I've done, uh, but it's always been, can I pray for you, brother? Um, and every time I do that, it, it, there's a, a softness that comes. I was, I remember heard uh, this, this one situation where one of my lead electricians, I mean, he's as tough as nails, right? Um, and he was in my office and, uh, I heard about, he was going through a surgery, right? And I'm like, all right. I'm like, you nervous? He's like, you know what? Yeah. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. And I was, okay, you know, all right, you, you know, that you softened up to tell me you're a little nervous. You know, normally you might have been like, he might have been like, you know, nah, man, yeah. you know, it's my time, it's my time. But he, he saw, he put down his guard a little bit, but just, yeah, I'm a little nervous. Yeah. All right, Lord, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, obviously he put down his guard a little bit. All right, hey, you mind if I say a prayer? You know how nervous I was to do that, to say mm. that? It wasn't easy for me to say that. This is going to sound, you know, he's going to think I'm cheating. Like, this is a man's man right here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, please. All right. You know, prayed for him. And when I was done praying for him, he's like, hey, I know there was an experience that God spoke to me. I'm like, man, tell me more. Wow. You know, tell me more. And he told me a situation, how he knew that he was standing in front of his car and the Holy Spirit just hit him with a, a feeling and that's usually the stories I get back is like, and I'm like, I'm listening and, and it was cool. And as in our culture, a lot of people don't know the scriptures, like, like they didn't go to Sunday school. So when they say these things, you get to point them, you know what that is, you know, bro, that, you know, here's what that is. That's, that's called a peace. This is what the Bible calls a peace that surpasses understanding. And that's what you experience. That's the Holy spirit. Yeah. And, uh, so it's like, as you are truly genuinely listening to what they have to say and you, you, you boldly ask, can I intervene for that and bring this to the throne room of God um, with you? 
there's no better form of evangelism than than that. You're, you're looking for a need that they have. Um, and that need isn't always financial. It's, it's just, are you nervous? Yeah, I'm nervous. There's a need. There's a need. You know, he's nervous. Now, Christian, Christ follower, what are you going to do when somebody just told you that they have a need? And everybody knows somebody whose grandma's sick or whose grandpa's sick or, you know, whose dog is, is suffering from something. Pray. Ask them. Can yeah. I pray with you? You know, that softens the, the whole. And it's truly bringing them in front of the throne room of God. With, and I think that's what God is calling us to do. Bring these people. Go get them. Bring them in front of my courts. Yeah. Speak, speak to me on their behalf. Yeah. And watch what I'll do. Oh, man. You know? That, I love that. And as I think of my own experiences, Ray, you're, you're spot on. I think when I've offered prayer to people, whether I, you know, know them pretty well or whether they're perfect strangers in the grocery store and I just offer prayer, like, I think I've been rejected like less than 1% of the time. Mm-hmm. Most people almost are, they're, they're either very happy, like, yeah, please. Or they're like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know if I really believe it, but yeah, go for it. Yeah. And you're right, man. That's listening to the needs of others and offering prayer, responding to their needs with prayer is probably one of the best forms of evangelism. Mm -hmm. Great opportunities to share our faith that are probably right in front of us every single day. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And then then there is a a second part. I mean, like, at some point, there does need to be a boldness. Do you know about Jesus and, and the yes. cross and forgiveness? And yes. I think emphasizing the forgiveness. I, I don't think that we can really um, truly understand the weight of what Jesus, uh, um, the forgiving aspect. Sometimes I think it, we, we almost forget, like it's a logical thing, the cross, the resurrection. Logically, this makes sense. But uh, people need to know they're forgiven. They need to know they're forgiven. And like, we don't have to, we're not called to judge. So we don't have to like worry about, well, if we say that they're forgiven, but they still, you know, I don't have to do that. I, like he forgives you right now in this moment, you are mm. forgiven. Um, I think that emphasizing, really, really emphasizing the forgiveness that comes at the cross um, is something people want to hear. They're, they're hungry to hear that they can be forgiven. Yeah. They just, they just can't believe it. Well, because because Paul writes in Romans, his kindness leads us to repentance. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's that's beautiful. So, yes, listening, responding with prayer, and then I love what you said. Secondarily, we need to be bold about the cross. We need mm-hmm. to look for those opportunities to actually speak about the forgiveness that Jesus offers anyone who mm-hmm. would come to Him, and that that can be theirs. At any moment. I love that. I I don't know if, have you ever heard the, the quote that some Christians have said, like, uh, I think it goes like, preach the gospel to the whole world and if necessary, use words. Yeah. I've never really liked that quote. Right. I, I get where people are coming from. And so I, I'm not, I, I want to be gracious. Like, okay, that maybe you're emphasizing like, hey, we need to live yeah. the, the gospel that we preach. Y- yes and amen. But I don't like that quote because I've heard it used by Christians who kind of use it as an excuse to not be outspoken about their faith at all. Right. <laughs> and yeah. so the the ones who know that they love Jesus are the ones in their own family or the ones they see at church on Sunday morning. Nobody else in their neighborhood or in their workplace knows that they're a Christian and they've said that line to me. Well, yeah, you know, St. Francis said, preach the gospel of the whole world and if necessary, use words. And I I don't like that approach. Yeah. So I'm grateful that you said, yeah, we need to be willing to be bold and say, hey, do you know Jesus? Mm-hmm. Do you know what he did for you on that cross? Can I just share that with you for a second? That, thank you. That's yeah. awesome, man. I love yeah. that about you. No, that's, and that's, uh, the thing is, is if you don't want to use the words, if you want to live in that philosophy of, you know, if necessary, use words, um, you're missing out. Because there is nothing, no greater reward than when you see someone grasp on to the truth of the cross. Like, there's one thing to be like, if necessary, use words. Good, cool, you feel comfortable around me. You know, I'm nice and you you know that I'm nice and I'm just, and that's fun and that's cool and that's cool to experience. Like, they just see me as a really nice, kind guy and they know I'm a Christian. 
but to see that transformation that comes with preaching the gospel yeah. um, is you talked about contagious. It's it's something that just to, to I mean because that's when someone who's dead comes to nobody's gonna rise up from the dead with me being nice you know um they need the cross they need the resurrection so to see somebody actually rise up from the dead it comes with words it comes with words your 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 behaviors are not going to be enough and and i've saw I've, i've seen it many times and and it's it's the it's the most amazing um experience you can have to see someone cross over you know to see someone cross over and not using words, uh, you're missing out. You're missing out, you know? Yeah. Or we could, we could turn that quote on its head when, when it says, and when necessary use words, I would say, yes, it's always necessary. Words are going to be necessary. (laughs) How else do you communicate? You you know, it's necessary to use words and the Bible's very clear about that. Uh, okay. (laughs) Ray, Mm -hmm. to kind, to kind of start bringing us home here. Yeah. A question I like to ask all the guys on this podcast. What does it mean to be a strong, godly man? Mm. Uh, all right. You know, so um, this one is has got, uh, I guess, a layer of complexity for me. I thought about that as I re- read your question. I'm like, hmm, that's <laughs> an interesting question, right? A strong, godly man. Um, and I, I so I, when I was in the kind of like in the, little bit of the music business that I was in, nothing big, but um, doing Christian hip hop, uh, there was always this this battle between, um, you know, performing and humility, right? Um, humility and recognizing that I am a strong, godly man. You know, there's a conflict there by recognizing that I'm a, a strong, godly man um, feels like it rubs up uh, in an in the wrong way against humility, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that there's, you know, it's a definitely an ongoing battle. Um, but being humble, right. And being a strong, godly man, um, first and foremost, you know, what does it mean to be a strong, godly man? I think you got to recognize, we got to recognize that we are strong, godly men, right. But how do we say that and how do we perform that and stay humble? at the same time, right. right? There's, there's a humility. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not, you know, that's not me. That's not me. It's, it's all Jesus. Uh, and it is, <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. Jesus in us. So there's this, uh, recognition that I think needs to happen in, in leadership that we are leaders, um, that we are, that we are strong, um, in, in his, sp- through his spirit, we are strong. Um, and I think that, uh, trying to, um, I don't know, I guess it's hide behind humility to not take our positions, mm. hide behind humility to not take our positions in, in leadership. Wow. I like right. That. Um, because there's that, that pendulum swing that, that, you know, by recognizing that you're a leader, by recognizing that there's, that there's strength in us, then there is, um, <clears throat> that, that we're, we're proud or, um, there's an arrogance there where, you know, and we have to be aware of that, but um, recognizing first and foremost that we are leaders, recognizing that we do have strength in us, um, and then letting the word of God draw that out of us. And when it's drawn out, we need to perform in it. You know, we need to perform in it. We can't continue to just be beat down. Nope, nope. The humble thing to do is not take our positions, not show strength, not mm-hmm. show. Um, any form of confidence in going to the throne, like confidence and arrogance, they can look very similar. So it's, uh, it's, it's really allowing the Lord to, um, to define it, um, to convict us, allow the convictions, ooh, allow the convictions to just be thankful and, and praise God for the convictions. And when those convictions happen, step into the confidence, step into the role, step into leadership, recognize that you have strength, and go forward, you know, yeah. move. Um, so I think that what does it mean to be a strong, godly man? I, I mean, recognize that you are. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I love that. Recognize that you are. So, Ray, what I heard you kind of say there, if I could sum it up a little bit, uh, our strength and our godliness 
come from, you just said it, it comes from Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so guys who try to, and I've struggled with this because of some, you know, some wounds in my past, some mistakes I've made, some ways that other guys in leadership have, have cut me. I've, I've hid behind this false humility Mm -hmm. because I know, you know, Hey, recognizing that I've been given strength and godliness and I'm called, I'm commissioned, I'm equipped by God to to go forth and do good things, that's scary. There's a risk in that, mm-hmm. right? And so you could play it safe behind this cloak of false humility. Yeah. And that's not what we're called to do. So I love I love how you're phrasing that. And I would just, I would want to give that to any men listening to this podcast as a clarion call. You've been given strength and godliness from Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes, be humble, receive it, and go forth boldly knowing that it's his work in you and through you that's going to do it, but you're playing small, you're hiding behind some false humility, you're striving to just be nice all the time, is doing no favors to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And it's not in step with the gospel that we see Jesus himself preach. Mm -hmm. So I would would just say thank you for parsing it out that way, Uh, recognizing that you are in Christ strong, and godly, mm-hmm. it's huge. Yeah, Ray, you you hinted to you hinted at it. You you, yeah. you got some music yeah. in yeah. your history. Yeah, I got some music. You in got some spoken word chops, man. Yeah. So I thought the best way to give our audience an outro for mm-hmm. this particular podcast episode would be to give you the floor for the last minute or two or three and let you do some spoken word to take us out. Uh, if you want to intro that and tell us where yeah. that kind of comes from and then just deliver, go for it. Yeah. All right. Uh, yep. So <clears throat> let me uh, kind of get into <laughs> hip hopish uh, mode right here. Um, so I wrote this, I never finished it. Uh, I mean, I finished it, but I never released it. Um, and I, I, I was going through some old files and I, I hit up this song that I did um, years and years ago and talking about how, um, you know, I was having conversations about this, about leadership and what it looks like and, um, and, the, and the conflict that there was that we, we just kind of spoke about as far as like, okay, you know, being humble and being a leader, like, can we kind of take this on as, as two separate, you know, like being a leader, we need humility, um, but we also need to recognize that we have strength and confidence and all these other things that we just said. Um, but uh, I'm watching a world fall apart right now and I see really, really good men um, not doing much. Uh, and, and that's not to throw stones at them. Like, I get it. Like, you know, this is tough. What do we do? How do we do this? How do we, you know, there's a lot of uh, hows that, that go along with this. So I wrote this song uh, because it was in 1 Corinthians 1, 11, where the Apostle Paul um, says, be imitators of me. Um, just as I also imitate Christ. So here's the Apostle Paul telling us to imitate him, right, who's imitating Christ. So I wrote this, and uh, I'm going to try to do it some justice. It's been a while. I, you listeners know this has been a while <laughs> since I've done any kind of performance or anything uh, like that. You, so. you got this, Ray. Come on, bro. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to need you to be the hype man there, Adam. Let's go, uh, bro. <laughs> but... Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and 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 uh, and put it into the cadence too that that you know I hear the beat in my head and y'all don't hear it so it might just come off a little bit weird but we'll try it out um, and the song is called Follow Me um, and uh, I'll just I'll go ahead and write, get right into it. So when you follow me, you're going to follow him. No way around it, he resounds up in the heart of man. And that's the heart of it. No way to barter with. If you're in Jesus, you're a leader, so take part in it. It's time to take a stand, skid in positions of. Just take a glance, can't stand, see in conditions of. Spirits are battling, the flesh would rather win. So it distracts with the fact that you attract to sin. You say you're not a leader, hey, I don't want it either. But I ain't about to let my kids be led by non-believers. And that's a sad fact, giving up our little ones. No one taking leadership serious so they're gonna deal with guns drugs lust everywhere just take a look cutting up their body psychiatry make another book this ain't about humility we got christ in us light in us righteousness jesus is alive in us and then it was it goes to uh i ain't afraid to say it so come follow me there ain't a way to say it i want them following me me and then there's a little echo of be imitators of me that's the apostle paul and then uh on to the next verse so 
that's that's it. I know I didn't give it any justice, but when you have that right beat behind it, this is a really beautiful song. And and also um, the words of, you know, um, you know, letting our kids be led uh, by non-believers. You know, if we're not if we're not going to take the stance and and lead them, you know, lead lead these these kids, and um, then who is? Uh, if we're if we're not going to take that position of strength, um, you know, then then who is? And and we we need strength uh, to to get in the position because um, spirits are battling, you know, and the flesh would rather win, uh, but it distracts with the fact that we attract us in, you know, and and that's this. Uh, so I was really I was really moved when the spirit kind of put this on my heart to to really uh, write this out. So um, so yeah, you know, follow me as I follow Jesus. Absolutely. Dude, so powerful. W- would it be all right with you if I put the, those lyrics on the transcript to the podcast yeah, too? Yeah, I'll put that absolutely. up for anyone who's uh, listening. You want to read that over and kind of soak in those words. It's really solid truth there that Ray just shared with us. So, uh, Ray, thank you, man. Yeah, man. No Love you, bro. I love you too. So much. All right, everybody. Tune in next time for another episode of Forging the Path. We'll see you soon.